grievously on the soundless cereal. There is a tabaxi sitting at the bar. Seeker of the Wind is a tall, lean tabaxi. The door swings open. Mortis is a elderly turtle. I am a warrior of she and a wanderer of the Ashen Cloak. You see as the door opens with a very loud creak, a figure that you can't quite tell what they are, aside from the pointed ears that kind of peek out from holes in their hood. My name is uh, Methuselah. I'm a traveling bard. It is a little bit shortly after that a very big, very fat, Tabby Tabatsi enters the tavern. My name is Baver Under the Sun. We would like to call upon you guys to go to the Citadel, find our missing members, and return them safely to us. Thorn, are, are, you, are you all right in there? It's so hot in here, I want to get out. So out crawls this emaciated, small goblin. He has this very long smile with sharp teeth. Well, I suppose for the uh, nature of this sort of quest, time is of the essence. So maybe tomorrow we can leave. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventure survive to descend into the dungeon, or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach? Maybe an hour or two past sleep, Thorn wakes up with a very wide smile in his face, so wide that it's somewhat painful, and that's what causes the discomfort enough for Thorn to awake. He's kind of just like laying in Mortis's shell. Smile continues. It's an involuntary smile. Stupid lips. Stop it, we are trying to sleep. It does not cease. He starts hitting his head against the inside of Morris's shell. <laughs> Do I feel that or? Roll a, roll a perception check with uh, advantage. Okay. That's a 15. Easily, you notice. I feel like because of Mortis's familiarity with <laughs> with Thorn, he, he's like slowly, he like kind of wakes up and then he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it in the morning and he just like wills himself back to sleep valid the smile starts to hurt a lot so it hurts to the point that you start to feel like maybe like a little bit of a cut 
other edges of this mouth. Maybe it was one of the teeth that is so sharp that started to cut in a little bit. Thorn starts pressing his uh, hands against his cheeks really hard to try to stop himself from smiling. Something else starts to happen as within some of the tattered pockets of Thorn, their book starts to shake a little. He takes the book out and opens it. In the in their book, the first two pages of it never retains anything that is drawn in. All the other pages, Thorn has drawn and written more than enough for their share. But on the first two pages, instead, somebody else writes there for a form. And there there is a small message for Horn to do. It says, Cats litter and pisses in sand. Goblin should piss in front of their chair. Thorn kind of tilts his head and goes, Cats pisses in litters. Ew! Disgusting! What do you do? He's gonna close the book, very disgusted. He's like, ew! And he's thinking very badly of Seeker right now. <laughs> Not Seeker. Just pointed out, there is a chair beside this uh, bed. Does Thorn need the pee? Now that you talk about, it's not like you need to, but I guess you could. Thorn's like, okay. He's trying to think back to all the times he's used to wash him. And in his mind, his memories of him, you know, like doing it politely in a restroom or going off of a path slowly fade away. And instead there's a chair in the bathroom and there's a chair in the woods that he would pee under. And he's like, this makes a lot of sense. So he climbs quietly out of Mortis's shell and just like crawls under the chair and takes a little pee. A small puddle is generated beside the bed and with that the smile goes away. And then he crawls back into the shell. He's like, this makes lots of sense. Thank you. Time goes by and the rest of the sleep goes calmly. I, I don't think I need to ask you guys to do a long rest, but uh, basically you guys have your full long rest. Yay! As you guys wake up, you guys start to prepare for the day. Uh, Mortis, do you get out of the bed on the left side or on the right side? I'll say right. As you climb off the, the, the bed, just on the sitting position, there's a liquid that you're... It's contacting with the sole of your feet. Oh, What the... Ouch. And... It smells... Meh. Unless you take a closer sniff to it. He's not going to take a closer sniff. <laughs> He's going to like let us a deep breath. He's going to like... Smack the back of his shell. That wakes up Thorn, for sure. <laughs> what did you do? What? This, the, the puddle on the ground. The toilet says. The ground is not the toilet. Yes, it is. 
where do turtles do the toilets? The cats do the toilets and litter. Well, yes, it's a typically civilized beings use use a sort of area for it, not simply anywhere on the ground. Thorne remembers that the toilet is under the chair. Well, if you insist on using a chair, at least, at least put some, some sort of paper under it or something. Take the chair with us. We will need it for washroom breaks. I just... <laughs> Very well, Thorne. That's, that's, we'll talk about this later. Don't believe I'm going to ask this. Do you take the chair with you? <laughs> Is it like a small chair? Yeah, it's barely a stool. And he'll like, while grumbling under his breath, he'll like grab it and put it into his bag. It's bigger than your bag, unfortunately. Okay, fine, I'll carry it with him. Um, I also kind of in the morning want to go perform and try to make some more money because I'm a little short. Sure. Uh, where do you prefer? Um, I want to find like the place with the most amount of people currently. Even if it's inside the temple, going back in there. Or... Sure, yeah. Uh, inside of the temple, uh, at this morning, very likely the playing room, uh, or the ball yarn room, uh, would be the biggest one. In the city, it would be the city center, as people are setting up for their stalls and stuff. I'll go to city center. 24. And the city center, different from yesterday. People are happy to see you again. And now they are better prepared. So they actually are able to provide some monetary reward for it. Much better than yesterday. Give me that f***ing money. <laughs> this is just shaking these tabaxis dry. I really am. <laughs> it's okay. I've got a good reason for wanting all this money. Uh, a good group of people throughout the song provides this monetary reward. And by the end of it, you have a total of 57 silver pieces. Um, and then once I kind of get my money, um, I'm going to uh, go back to the, uh, the cat castle. Yep, you make your way there and uh, you meet everybody. Uh, before coming down to meet um, with Mortis and Methuselah. Seeker's gonna slip into one of the other rooms in the apartment and steal a cloak and a blanket. The cloak they're going to put on, but the blanket they're gonna put into their bag before like leaving their apartment. Sure. Okay, after raiding your parents' apartment, um, you head down and you're able to meet everybody there. Uh, together, you guys go to eat uh, the morning broth provided by the temple and you guys should be technically ready to go now as an aside before before like mortis leaves the, the room for the morning um he, he does try to clean up the puddle as best he can and after some consideration he ends up leaving the chair he's like well, we'll get a chair on the way thorn protests so much he's like we need it to use the washroom I will find you a chair. Where do we piss it? Yes. <laughs> That's all. That's all. And yeah, you guys then meet with Seeker and Methuselah, 
at the end, at the foyer with the statue of the cat lady. Well, hello, friends. Uh, did you all uh, sleep well? Uh, very well, thank you. What about you? Like the dead. I had an interesting rest. That's good. Uh, I suppose that we should probably go get directions to see where exactly we're going to this uh, sunless citadel. Perhaps the mayor would know. Well, he did say to come to his abode if we needed anything, and thankfully, uh, I suppose he didn't give you directions there, because he knew that I know the way there. So I'd be happy to lead us to the mayor's home. Well, lead on then. And Seeker's just gonna, like, leave the temple and we'll guide them all. On a relatively bigger house than most of the other ones, it best reminds you of what an inn or a tavern would be. The mayor's house, which also works as office for like keeping like official business of Tom's Rest, is greeted uh, is open for you guys to enter. As you enter, after waiting a little bit because the mayor is currently having his sunbathing of the morning. He then appears for you guys and asks if there's anything that they can do for help. Well, uh, I suppose that we're here to uh, get directions uh, to this citadel entrance. Of course, of course. All right. Um, um, he goes to an assisting uh, Tabatsi, a younger Tabatsi in this case, and uh, he whispers something on his ear. And that young Tabatsi quickly goes to one of the rooms and he goes, Just to let you know, I will provide you a map that should provide, should display the path from Tom's Rest and through a few landmarks to the direction of the Sunless Citadel. You will know that you have arrived at the ruins when you find just a little bit over a hill. Uh, a knoll of sorts that there is a brisk canyon in the middle of this knoll and that is how you will know that you have arrived. Uh, the walk by foot is a total of relatively 18 hours so I hope you guys rested well but yes um where is that and at that moment um, the Tabatsi appears with a parchment uh, that is rolled up and the um, bath uh, takes it from the uh, young Tabatsi, looks it over and says, yes, yes, this is the one here. It should have enough instructions and the visuals of the map to guide you there. This path to the Sunless Citadel, is it safe or should we expect some sort of danger along the way? It is relatively safe. I cannot account for any of the passing problems that could have, such as bandits or uh, wandering monsters or creatures, although those are rare, to be honest. Um, the only real problem would be the goblins in the Sunless Citadel itself. The path is majorly the main road, therefore there shouldn't be any problems about how to get there or the wilderness a little bit past it. Hmm. Understandable. We will be on our guard. And you're absolutely certain that there is no dragons ruling over the area? 
confused, he looks at you and he goes, uh, I'm quite sure, unless it is a wandering dragon, young dragon at that, trying to establish the, um, trying to establish their lair within the region. Uh, I don't think you have to worry much about it. Just keep an eye on the sky, I guess. Yes, that'll definitely help. One final query. Um, you mentioned that this trek is about 18 hours or so on foot. Uh, in your humble opinion, would you recommend that we procure other means of transportation to make it far, uh, to get us there more efficiently? There are horses available for you at the stables just on the outskirts of the village. Most of them are for farm work, so um, they could use, it could be used as riding horses, but they're not really prepared for it. Understandable. Uh, we'll discuss that before we leave. Well, uh, I, I would personally uh, like to not use horses. You see, I had a terrible accident when I was very, very young, and unfortunately, I got stomped on by a horse, and that's why my face is so disfigured, and I, I wear this hood. It's because these creatures are quite dangerous. Oh dear. Well, I certainly wouldn't want to traumatize you, my friend. Oh no. Alright, in that case, um, I bid you farewell and good luck. It is very early in the morning, so if you guys start heading out, you guys should be reaching the area just about sundown, if not a little bit past that. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Have an excellent day, and I know you always leave this town impeccably, so continue doing that. Yes, we will get your adventurers back, or we will die trying. Indeed. It is very much appreciated. May the cat lady watch over you as you guys do this job for us. And with it, you guys start to head out. I know of some excellent little stalls where we could stop and grab a little bite to eat for our journey. I'd be happy to get everyone a little bit of breakfast. It's up, it's up to you, really. I suppose that, that would be uh, agreeable if if everyone else is interested. Very kind of you, my friend. You never cease to impress. Oh, it's really no problem at all. Um, and also, I know that the cat lady will guide us because I spent quite a bit of time in play prayer last night, so. What does that sort of thing look like, if you don't mind me asking? I've heard so much about it, but I haven't, you know, had the pleasure of seeing it. Well, I suppose it's different for every tabaxi and, and what, more so what they're playing with uh, as they pray. I prefer to use um, balls of yarn, but there's also dangle toys. There are little toys that you can like bite and chew and, you know, if another tabaxi is helping you out, you, they can drag them along and you can chase after them. Um, yeah. But basically, um, it's so that we are focused on our prayer through play. So by doing that, we are we are connecting with the cat lady because she always loves to play with the first cat, and so that's the best way to connect with her. We find. Well, that sounds 
quite wonderful and, and very splendid and, and nice. You guys are exposed to the beauty of Century Soul. With the nice rolling hills here and there, the vast plains, and quite a few bits of farmland to everywhere that you go. Following the main road, you have an experience of soothing walk as it is such a beautiful countryside that it's more like a leisure to walk in these lands than actually to just march around towards your destination. You guys have agreed upon yourselves to break the travel in two parts so that you guys have enough time to walk for quite a few hours, take a long rest, spend the night, and then continue on for the rest of the next day. If anything, you guys are able to observe the sun slowly descending on the west. And then with this, you guys find a small spot just near the road, not exactly at the road, and make your camp. Easily is able to find uh, dry wood if you guys deem so to make a fireplace. Uh, and you guys start to get comfortable in this little camp of yours. How do you guys do it? Do you guys do a uh, watch if you guys want? Uh, it's up to you guys. Go for it. I think once we're all like settled down, who would you say is closest to Mortis right now? I mean, I think we're all kind of close. I don't think we're like separating. Okay. So as we're all settling down and we're just like kind of in this isolated camp, just from like under Mortis's shell, all you hear is just. Mortis instinctively goes like, um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Are you having stomach problems, my friend? Uh, nothing like that. Um, I'm just... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, perhaps the food said something that didn't agree with me or something. <laughs> can I roll to see if I can tell if he's lying? Roll an insight check. Uh, what is your passive deception? 12. So yeah, that's your DC. You need to go above 12 to notice it. I got a 13. And with that... Get a small hint that maybe it's not exactly his stomach. At least the sound originated too high above his stomach, but you don't know where stomachs are in the turtle shell. So, well, I have an idea. We could do, um, we could uh, like split up and keep watch. Uh, the downside to that is that there are three of us, and so if we wanted to not be alone we would have to well one of us would be alone anyways well uh i i don't mind staying up for two shifts i i don't sleep that much so i could keep someone else company I, i'm i'm an elf and we, we don't really need that much sleep well all right if you're sure about that i'm sure mortis and i would both appreciate your company on our respective watches and make sure we could both get some rest Indeed. Well, if you're certain that, that you'll be alright, then I'm alright with this plan. Oh yes, of course. I don't mind at all. As you guys are talking, I want Thorn to try and like call down the 
back of Mortis's shell, kind of stealthily. Good luck with that. <laughs> well, I assume since you're talking to him, Mortis, you're talking like to the front of him. So if I like crawl over the back, like maybe you won't see yeah, me. Yeah, but his head is right there. You'd have to crawl past his head. It's like around my neck. I'm just a moving tumor. Roll for me a stealth with disadvantage because everybody's looking at Mortis. And as we all, as we well know, this is not like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that they keep stuff inside of their shells. They're just like a normal turtle. There is a space, yes, but it's connected to the shell. Mortis is connected to the shell. Like, there is no <laughs> hole. <laughs> it's not like he can get out of the shell if he wants to, so. Can I do a perception? Because I want to look right at him. There's no reason for you to be analyzing him that badly. I'll allow your passive perceptions to be the DC for this, but... I actually got really good. I rolled a 17 plus 4, which is 21. What is your passive perception? Uh, it passed. Uh, Thorn passed. It must be the way that the old turtle sways his head or... Uh, the way that he moves his body that is somewhat distracting if not completely like uh, uninteresting to you guys so you guys are talking but like you guys spend more time look around looking at the camp like oh if I have to sit I have to sit here if we need to do watches I'm gonna sit over there and that provides enough opportunity for Thorn to be able to step out of the shell unnoticed and just slide over the back of the shell onto the ground. Thorn, when he's on the ground, kind of just like stands behind Mortis and she, he's like the biggest cover, just like trying to stay hidden. But he's also just like, Ugh! like he's so happy to be out of like the very hot shell. The stomach of the turtle is very active this night. Uh, sounds emanates from the turtle. But aside from that, uh, it's just how you guys set up for the night then. Well, uh, who should take the uh, first watch among you? Oh, I'd like to take the first watch if that's all right with you. Sure, G be my guest, my friend. Uh, the only thing is... Um, I need to go over there for a moment. I just have to um, uh, 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 oh. leave myself. Oh, we, we, we understand, my friend. That's a very normal biological function. Uh, don't feel ashamed about it. You go on along now. Yes, do take care of that stomach. <laughs> and then Mortis is gonna kind of like shuffle, like kind of back shove <laughs> Thorn like into a clearing like because i assume like are we, are we near like woods or where are we? as of right now it is a little bit of a um the clearing around the road but there is easily a tree line near you guys so that, let's just say about like 20 25 feet away from you guys there's a tree line so you go there so like scuttle towards the woods with, with like just kind of back shoving thorns uh, once, once Mortis and Thorn are alone in the clearing, he's just gonna kind of like quickly turn around to be like, "Are you insane?" 
Are they, are they friends, isn't it? Well, they, I believe that they will treat you kindly, yes, but you can't just crawl out in the middle of a conversation. It's hot! I know, I know it is. It's smelly. Listen, I, I have a proposal. How about... Marriage? I cannot say yes. No, that's, that's not what I meant, Thorn. What I meant was, perhaps after this rest, or even during this rest, you could finally introduce yourself. Thorn just thinks it's a good idea, yes. Well, I'm glad we're in agreement. You look down and Thorn is gone. Where did he... Touch? He scurried back to camp. <laughs> she be with me. Alright, so you're darting towards camp. Um and please it's describe your approach. I think that um what Seeker and Methuselah see or hear is just like rapid footsteps and then like it stops. And then more footsteps and it stops. And then they turn, there's a goblin standing there. Seeker's just gonna grab one of the daggers from their boot. Not as like a, I'm gonna kill this goblin immediately, but just in case. Um, Methuselah is just gonna do like, oh my. And then just like kind of pull out their instrument. Like I'm ready to fight in case this is a fight and just kind of stare awkwardly at this weird looking, horrible goblin creature. Hello, friends. I've been traveling with you for some time, but you did not see us yet. You've been traveling with... Where? Have you been invisible? Yes, invisible. Do you know what swamps are like? Inside a swamp, there are things that swim, and they are inside of hard casings. And I, Thorn, was inside of hard casing of aquatic creatures. So the total, then, <laughs> is is that a yes? That laugh? Yes. Well, that was very, very sneaky and very, very clever of you. Uh, Seeker's gonna put the dagger back into their boot. Why, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself there, friend? My name's, is, if I remember correctly, it is Thorn. Thorn Sepervarens. Yes, it is. Thorn, I am. It, where, where do you come from, Thorn? Swamp. Swamps around here? Swamps. Are you a friend of Mortis, then, I imagine? Mortis lets me travel in a shell. He's very nice to the goblins. Is not like the cats that poop in litter. They don't poop under chairs like normal people. Uh, well, uh, I I don't know um, about uh, relieving oneself under a chair, but I suppose if I were a little bit smaller, I am a very very tall being. I I wouldn't object to having a litter box underneath a chair. <sighs> What? Well, so, do, do you know what a litter box is, Thorn? You, you put, when you are cooking, 
and you have to season things, right? You take the soup, and after you've put bugs in it, that's when you put the litter. Uh, no, not not quite. So, the litter is a specific thing, sort of like hay, but not quite. And we put it into. And at that moment, Mortis finally catches up to you guys, halfway through the explanation of what litter is. Wait, everyone, put your, put your wet. Oh, oh, thank, thank the gods. I thought, thought you might have killed him. Um, it, this is, this is your, your goblin friend then. Yes, uh, this, this little one is called Thorn. Uh, he's, he's been acting as my ward during my travels. Such an interesting uh, duo here. Yes, uh, I apologize for the deception. Um, uh, it, it's not that I didn't trust you all. It's just I know how goblins are viewed in these territories, and I just wanted everyone to give my friend here a fair chance. That's totally uh, understandable. I, I sort of understand how that how that is. Some people aren't very kind when treating different sorts of people. You are doing it to protect a friend. I don't have any hard feelings towards you at all. I've done some unsavory things to protect people that I care about. So I completely understand my friend. Well, I appreciate your understanding. Uh, so uh, has, has Thorn introduced himself? Sort of. I mean, we have a name. And we've learned about chairs. Swap. Or just takes a deep sigh, like a exa- like an exhausted dad sigh, and he's just like, again with the chairs. Um, <clears throat> yes. So my friend here lacks a certain etiquette, but I'm I'm trying I'm trying to teach him. Well, your friend seems very colorful, to say the least. Well. We all come from different places, and so etiquette in different places, from what I have heard from those in the church who have traveled and gone to different places, is that it can be very, very different from one place to another. Like, you know how in the temple, we, a lot of us tabaxis would sit on the floor to eat. In, in some places, that's not quite acceptable, but it's normal for us. And so we just kind of have to be understanding towards other people because what's civilized to some may be uncivilized to others. So is there actually a definition for what is civilized? You make an intriguing point, Seeker. I wish everyone shared your open-mindedness and sensibilities. So um, how did you two meet, if you don't mind me asking? Well, soon after I left Lestri, uh, I, I was traveling. I was traveling on horseback, and there was this giant light out in the wilderness. Uh, I, I went to investigate, and I found this little goblin. Uh, he told me he'd come from the Feywild. So, I, I, since then, he he's been uh, he's been with me. He was a little. He was a little paranoid at first, but eventually I managed to win him over. 
Don't, wouldn't you say? And he just looks at Thorn. I think Thorn is like gnawing on his stick at the moment. I have a question. Um, how much do we know about the Feywild? Roll for me an intelligence check. Whoever is interested to know about the Feywild. Uh, 19. Five. When it comes to Seeker, their knowledge about the Feywild is nothing more than a name. The same way that they have heard about many other places such as Destry, the western lands, the eastern lands of Lestri, the deserts of Sultry, or the permafrost tundras of Nordrir. All of those are just names for a seeker. On the other hand, for Methuselah, they are aware that the Feywild, also known as the Fairyland, is another dimension that mirrors this one in almost all aspects, but it is a land enriched in magic and completely uh, at the whim of the Fae, Fae being the fairies and other creatures of the same nature, some of them as powerful as gods, the Archfey, and others that are just inhabitants of the land. Um, Methuselah is also aware that based on their, on their elvish heritage, um, the very first ancestors, the very first elves to come to this land uh, were inhabitants of the Feywild or the Fairylands. So, now that you've met my little friend here, I guess, I guess we can begin our watches. Yes, uh, if you two want to uh, take the first rest, um, and then me and Seeker could, you know, start and keep an eye out. Sounds agreeable. Uh, before we head out, I just wanted to say uh, sorry again for the deception. <laughs> I, I'm not much of a liar. Oh no, it's it's all right. Um, well, we've made a new friend today, so there's that. Indeed. I have questions. Oh dear God. Why is it you? And he looks at Methuselah. Carry a box. When you spin the box, it screams in a way so terrible. Someone never heard before. Oh, well, thank you for that compliment. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a hurdy-gurdy. It's an instrument. It's, uh, its name is Yorick. I, uh, got it from the troop's leader. His name was Feste. Uh, he was a halfling, and this was belonging to his partner, who died, unfortunately, in a terrible duel. Um, but now it is mine, and it is a, a nice instrument. I like it because it's, it's very macabre-sounding, and, you know, the notes, they resonate in the air quite beautifully. And sometimes it does sound a little, a little sad, but that's sort of my brand of music. <laughs> Dying is hilarious. <laughs> I would say to some people, yes, it, dying is quite a comedic thing, um, especially in plays. What are you playing with? Like performances. Thorn just stares at you blankly. Theater. Still staring. I'll have. We'll have to take you to the theater at some point to show you and enlighten you on this art form. 
He stares at you. You have gorgeous eyes. Did anyone ever tell you that? Thank you. Anyway, I think you should rest those eyes. We've got quite a day of travel tomorrow. Okay. And then he just slowly walks backwards to where Mortis is. Starting with the first watch, Methuselah and Seeker, please do roll your perception checks. Uh, that was a 23. Mine was a 21. Vigilant and very focused are the task. Methuselah and Seeker looking at the horizon at anything that passes by they are aware of almost every single creature bird critter anything that could be passing by that could be a threat and instead they are greeted with a very calming vigilant night so i i i hope that this is not a, a too personal of a question but uh, I did notice that you had a particular interest in the one called Faith. Um, is it the reason why you're going to the Sun Citadel? Uh, well, yes. Um, as I grew up in the temple, uh, I was, I knew Faith growing up. And I'm a friend of the family, sort of. I mean, all of us being members of the church, one could even say that we were family. But, you know, when we were all discussing what was going on, there we were trying to decide who should go to find Faith. And, you know, some were interested, but ultimately I volunteered myself so that the others could stay behind. A lot of them have very, very important jobs within the temple. I do as well, but others are teachers, healers. Um, they care for the children. They cook the food. I don't have a specialized role within the temple like that. My job is more in the town, uh, working for the cat lady through more community outreach. That's also the role that my father does as well. So it was one of those situations where my being away wouldn't have taken away from the operations of the temple, which I really did want to avoid because, especially for the youngins, it can be very, very difficult when something like this happens. They need guidance so that they can feel secure and safe because they were all very, very close to Faith too. They love her. So that's why I volunteered to come along. I see. That is very noble of you to do this for the community. Uh, I just hope that we are uh, successful in this uh, endeavor. I hope so too. Uh, since we're talking about it, what attracted you to the poster that our mayor had put up? Well, um, regrettably, my cause is not quite as noble as yours is. Um, you see, I'm here to deal with the apple, to get this apple of virtue, or at least a, a slice of it, because I've, I've heard of its um, healing properties. I actually heard a song uh, from a minstrel not too far from your, your town that kind of brought me here. And then I saw the posters, and that sort of clued me in on this, you know, uh, path sort of crossing between a heroic deed and, you know, 
getting what I need. Why, why are you so interested in the apple? I admit I'm interested in the apple as well, but... But are you doing okay? Is there anything that we could help with? Well, um... You know, I, I did mention my, uh, my wife, uh, Chrysantha, her name. Yeah, yeah, you did mention her. You see, uh, she's been rather sick lately. Um, we got separated at some point uh, due to an unfortunate circumstance. And um, when I found her again, she was very ill. And we tried to look for healers in the region. We reached out to a couple of clerics, but there was really nothing we could do. And, you know, no one with that sort of knowledge to help. So I decided to go off on my own and, and find something. It's, I don't really know how long it's been since I've been on this sort of mission, but uh, I can't imagine it's been too, too long. I, I, you lose track of time when you're, you're traveling far, so I, I just hope that it hasn't been too late. Ah, I understand. We have people who come to the temple all the time seeking help for their loved ones, and I, I do believe that that is a very, very noble goal. Your your wife is a very very lucky woman to be loved so dearly. Well, to be quite fair, I think I'm the lucky one. She is such an amazing hero. She's the muse of all of my music, especially my more happier renditions. Oh, this uh, the the flowers that I wear in my uh, hair here. You kind of they kind of pull it out and show the flowers a bit. These these are for her. Um, we have a tree in. Um, kind of in the south of uh, Century Soul that's kind of ties us together. See, in, in elven culture, when two people want to show their love, they plant what is called a soul blossom tree. So we have one together and there's chrysanthemums all around there. and it, It's very beautiful. You know, if you're ever traveling down there, I definitely recommend you see it. They're very rare and definitely not from the region, but very beautiful when you can find them. Well, I think that's a, a lovely thing to do, you know, watching, like feeling your love grow as the tree grows as well. Exactly. You're building your life together and the tree blooms. I it's, think that's brilliant. Oh yes, and it's, it's even said that the tree kind of outgrows you. So it, even when you die, that, that tree still stands and it's there blooming forever. It's very, very beautiful and artful similar to a legacy i suppose where we plant seeds that we hope will see grow into something beautiful one day but oftentimes our legacy outgrow like lives beyond us as well oh yes indeed uh, i don't suppose that you have anyone like that not not really i have a few friends uh but i consider myself more you know, uh, devoted to my faith than any one particular romantic interest. That isn't to say that if the right person or right tabaxi came along, I would say no. I do believe that if the cat lady sends somebody to me, it's an opportunity for me to discover new things about myself, to learn new skills and you know, maybe even 
have some little tabaxis running around. I think that I would be an interesting parent, given my skill set. I'm sure you'd be wonderful in whatever ways you mean. Um, but yeah, I'd say that love really helps you grow and you, you learn things about yourself that you never thought, you know, discover things. I think it's very, like, love is very, very important to everybody. And even not just, like, romantic love, but also, like, the love that one has for their friends, for their family, for their community. Little things like that. I, I do have another question. Oh, yes, uh, go on. You mentioned that your, uh, your hurdy-gurdy, I believe it was called? Yes. Was named Yorick? Yes, it is named Yorick. That, that is a really cool name. Where did you come up with that? Or was it the name that the hurdy-gurdy already had? Well, it was the name that the, the hurdy-gurdy did have. Um, came from uh, a mentor of mine named Feste, who was the leader of the Fool's Fortune. And um, yes, it, it was named after uh, Feste's partner, who unfortunately did die in it horrific duel. It, it was a horrible accident. He sort of impaled himself with his sword by falling on it after tripping on a rock. That sounds like an interesting end to a duel. Very, very, very tragic. I think that that would be quite the maneuver. Yes, it, it was a horrible tragedy, but um, Tragedy is something that sort of follows me around and, and my sort of folk around. Well, I hope that at some point you don't have to deal with quite as much tragedy as that. It can be really terrifying, especially when it's something that some might laugh at. To be honest, I sometimes find this stuff little funny in some ways in, in a crude way I mean when faced with these horrible terrible things sometimes you just have to laugh in fate's face as sort of a coping mechanism you mean yes of course well yeah I can understand that the conversation proceeds then dwindles to more of a small talk here and there the time passes faster than you guys would have imagined. And never once you guys were distracted from your task. You've reached the end of this episode of The Sun and the Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. And be sure to catch the next installment of The Sun and the Citadel every Thursday at 12pm EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. It's a small way to show your support that goes a long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts. And if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corton from Off the Beaten Path Musical. 
The Sunless Citadel can be found in the Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast. The world of Nasso Mundus was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern. A big thank you for our new Patreon supporter, D.I. Thank you very much for your support.